Hello, OpStars. I'm Ashley, producer at the OpStars podcast. We hope you'll join us and the rest of the community at the 7th Annual OpStars Conference on September 21st and 22nd in San Francisco during Dreamforce. We've been virtual the last two years, but we are so excited to be back in person at the San Francisco Mint this year. Go to ops-stars.com to find out more about the speakers, sessions, and click on register now to join us. And by the way, it's free. I hope to see you there. The thing that helped me the most was taking a couple of project management courses along with this process management. The project management is so critical to your job because you're supporting multiple teams. There are little priorities that come, little things that come up. And then there are also longer term initiatives. Critical. So key. It's so, 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 so important. Welcome to the OpStars podcast. We host authentic conversations with revenue operations professionals running the show behind the scenes, holding things together, doing whatever it takes to innovate to solve problems, build processes, and manage the data to build a modern revenue engine that powers a great buyer experience. I'm your host, Rachel McBrarity. Welcome to today's episode of the OpStars podcast. We're going to continue to explore the role of revenue operations in orchestrating the customer journey. I'm your host, Rachel McBrady, and here with me is Asia Corbett. She's a RevOps professional who's passionate about putting process and structures in place to ensure everyone's workflow is optimized so they all execute better together. She's here to give her perspective on how a RevOps team organizes deliver on the journey, outlining the steps that you can take to get your teams operationally organized. Welcome, Asia. Hi, thanks for having me. Great to have you here. Asia has been really rapidly gaining an amazing expanse of knowledge around revenue <laughs> operations. Um, we've been watching you for a while. I know you've used lean data numerous times. You've really established yourself as quite the expert and building a following. So all based on sharing the wisdom as you're growing in your career. Appreciate that you do that for our community. You're currently the head of revenue and community operations at RevGenius, which is a group of revenue generating sales, I think marketing, customer success, and revenue professionals that you bring together to learn, share, support, and grow with each other. And a similar mission to OpStars, but I think you're executing a very different model than, than we are. You've got about 18,000 members now. Tell us a little bit about your role and, and what RevGenius is really all about. Yeah, so... Um, Jared, who is the CEO and co-founder of RevGenius, brought me on to help scale as operations leader, naturally. Um, and I was originally brought on to just oversee revenue operations. And, you know, some people ask me, well, what does that look like? It's such a small team and for a community. We have revenue streams as well. We have go-to-market motions as well. We just don't have the teams, right? But And then the community operations aspect. So think of things like volunteers want, requesting to get more involved or people wanting to head up a chapter or any of the webinars we put out, like those all have operational aspects that need to be managed and scaled. And then really we joke, Jared and I, that I'm just the head of overall operations because there's other things that happen in an organization also have operational aspects like payroll and financial reporting that it just kind of fell into my wheelhouse. So I oversee all of those things for RevGenius, the internal organization. 
And um, we're doing some really exciting things because we've just launched a, you know, like a product, this paid subscription for a segment of our community for the SDRs and full cycle AEs called Rev League. And so we're experimenting with a lot of different pricing strategies and go-to-market strategies mark on the marketing side and both on the sales side. And I say sales like this because we don't have a sales team. We have CEO doing sales because we're still so small internally. And then Rev Genius is this community. It's an amazing community. It's it's uh, why I came to work for the community full-time is Jared has somehow managed to find this 18,000 people who are supportive of each other and want to help each other. And anytime someone has a question, you know, someone else will jump in. And if they don't know the answer, they'll tag someone else in and say, hey, this person has a question. Or connecting people together just simply to connect with, with other people in the industry and in your space. So I was a member before I came to work for Rev Genius. And I'm a member in a couple of other communities. And I found myself being the most active in Rev Genius and the RevOps Co-op, which is a RevOps-specific community managed by Funnel IQ. But Rev Genius is really like Jared's mission, and I am on this in the uh, same aligned with this mission is is to be an inclusive community, not bar anybody from entering or just or you know we want it to be open to all revenue professionals across all industries across the entire globe. And so you can see that we have people who mostly are in B2B SaaS, but there are people who come from other industries as well, and then from different countries. So it's pretty cool. It sounds like as you think about the roles you you take and even getting passionate about moving into this position, it seems like you do care about who you're serving as an Absolutely. ops professional. Is that is that fair to say? Absolutely. I think that number one, just like at the core of who I am, I like to help people. And that's one of the reasons I got into operations is because there's this element of, you know, what we're doing is thinking about all the processes and all the tools and all the data to really enable whatever teams you're supporting. So if you're a business operations team, that's the whole business. If you're a revenue operations team, those are your revenue generating teams, right? If you're more specialized, like maybe your CS ops, then it's the customer success side and support. And so that's why I got into operations and didn't go into finance. Like originally I had planned. And so I see the same thing in Rev Genius. And and this is why community is so important to me because thinking about who these people are and what kind of positions they may be in, even if they're not in operations, right? I'm thinking who I would have liked to have in my career and the things that I would have liked to have access to early on that I didn't. I'm like, Googling, searching, like reaching out to coworkers when we're in the office, right? I'd go and say, hey, can we go to coffee and can I pick your brain? Or, or, you know, during the pandemic, I'm just like reaching out to people on LinkedIn. Hey, can I pick your brain? Some, some people wouldn't answer. Some people would say they don't have time and stuff. And so the value of the community and why I'm so invested in making sure that it's successful and that we are building and we're scalable and we're sustainable is because of that. It's like, that's the... At the end of the day, that's the value that comes out of these communities is that sort of sense of empowerment from being able to access these resources that you might not otherwise have access to. That's awesome. That's why I'm also excited about what we do in the OpStars community is the ability to connect people, give 
give uh, folks a way to share their stories. So we think about it for op stars as different channels in which we can facilitate the storytelling of some of the journeys folks go on, like their as is to be of transformation. We have, as you know, the events and webinars and also now this podcast. We like to have different platforms in which they can do that storytelling because we really do feel like the ops professionals in particular are behind the scenes, the unsung heroes, and don't often get out there talking about the amazing things they're doing. What I really wanted to talk about is the revenue operations role in delivering against that customer journey, that you don't feel it's just about the handoff to sales. It really should cover more. So tell us a little bit about how you think about operations and service of the customer. Yeah. So I think first to start is how I view revenue operations as a whole, because I come from a more generalized operations background. Um, and to an extent, like the, the finance part of my background too, I don't think about revenue operations as just one piece of this whole go-to-market engine, right? I, I don't think, okay, this is something for sales. This is like a sales ops thing and categorize it like that in my mind. This is a marketing, this is a marketing ops thing. We think about revenue operations as a team function, could be a one person that supports the processes across those all of those teams in a continuum. So it's not like, oh, this thing for marketing, okay, yeah. And there's an op- operational component to it. Okay, great. I'm going to do that. I'm going to support them and, and build their reports. So I think of it as a, as a it's like a, it's not, I don't, not circular, but like uh, just a continuum. Uh, so that's, that's in my mind first where I start is like, what is revenue operations? It's those processes, those tools, the tech stack, the reporting and analytics, and then the enablement, because training is very important. You have to train people or what you're doing, right? What is all, What are all these pieces? Uh, so that CS understands what's happening in marketing. And so that CS and implementation and support understand what is happening in sales. And then, you know, deliver that also to those teams. So I think about all of that. And underneath all of that is the buyer's journey, right? And that's, I guess that's where you start is what does my buyer-customer journey look like? I hear a lot of concern from marketing ops or sales ops or CS ops that by having a revenue function or reporting into it, they get concerned that their ability to do their mops or SOPs role, will they will lose focus. They will be pulled into other things. Do you feel that that specialty could get impacted or... It sounds to me more like you're almost defining this as a layer of capability, but still in support of those specialties. But I do want to just pause on that because there's a lot of concern, I think, out there about, you know, hey, we still need to do a marketing ops job. It doesn't go away. So tell us a little bit about your thoughts on that and what you've seen. Have you seen, you know, it work well where you still have that area of expertise and then you serve a larger end-to-end mission? Yeah, I think that's a valid concern. And I I think what is happening in the industry, in the space, especially in B2B SaaS, is that companies often say, I want to hire a revenue operations professional, and they bring in someone with a sales ops background. And then it's like, the, their focus is on sales ops. Not that we don't need a sales ops, we don't need marketing ops, we don't need specialists, we do need specialists. But I think we have to start 
changing the mindset, like organizationally, of what revenue operations means. It doesn't mean we're going to get rid of all of those functions. But in a small company, you may not have the resources to hire a revenue operations leader and then one designated functional person under that umbrella. But what you should do, what companies should do, I guess I should say, I'm carefully trying to think about how I say this because, you know, should is could have a negative connotation. But if we can start to think about, all right, when we hire a revenue operations person in a small company where they do have to wear a lot of hats, hire a generalist or someone who has a background or the ability to look across the entire organization. That's very important. And what happens if you're a specialist or in a specialized role like marketing operations or sales operations, you're thinking about marketing operations, which you should, and you may not be thinking about what's happening in support, right? Like all of the support processes, how those support processes tie ultimately back into marketing and then sales and the, you know, those flywheel. So I understand, and I have seen this concern and I've seen this discourse and, um, I would say that as revenue operations professionals, maybe that's a little bit of it is on us to help change that narrative. I mean, I certainly am trying. (laughs) No, I appreciate that. I think you said to me when we were were chatting earlier that revenue operations is the steward of the processes that support the customer experience, which I just love that notion of being the steward of the process. But that does seem a little bit daunting. How would you go about doing that, making it real? What are the steps a team might take, um, whether that team is a team of one or a team that has a director with the the various roles filled? How would you go about aligning everybody to the journey? How do you do it? Yeah, so it does feel very overwhelming. I remember when I was in that place too, I'm like, I don't even know how to build a roadmap. I don't know how to decide how to help the team or how to help all of um, sales, marketing, and CS. So uh, going back to the customer journey, whether that's the RevOps professional who actually builds that like map or not, it has to exist. And it does have to be done in collaboration with the go-to-market teams. Even if you are the revenue operations person, you're the one who actually puts it together, you cannot build it in a vacuum. So you know, take a, take a, you can even start with a piece of paper, right? To just get yourself started, right? You're, you're at the top of your stages of the buyer's journey from awareness to consideration to decision. And then you can customize it a little bit towards your business. Like I have currently, we're doing this for Rev League. I have then onboarding and then like active and then renewal, right? So if you think about those basic categories, And then think about what is the customer doing? What are they interacting with? What are they feeling? Those classic things that go in the buyer's journeys map. And then I have a section I put in for internal processes. So high level, thinking about what are some of the internal business processes that may be happening at this stage for the customer. So on the top of the funnel in the awareness stage is probably marketing stuff. Like maybe it's a campaign operations in going into onboarding. Maybe it's the implementation process. Um, You might include the closed one process because that kind of bleeds over, right? So what is post-sale? What happens closed one and post-sale? And what is that handoff process? Um, And then renewals and upsells. 
and those are all internal business processes and popping them into that map. Taking a step back from that, what I've done is I've taken a Google sheet and I just categorize and put first marketing. And I think of all of the processes in marketing, like inbound lead routing, campaign operations, database maintenance, uh, deliverability, opt-outs, all of the things that you kind of started thinking about in marketing operations, list them as a process. Like that's a process, inbound lead routing. And then from there, you put a couple of high-level steps. This part is not meant to be super detailed. It's meant to give you a starting point to understand, okay, here is my marketing, my sales, here's my post-sale, here are the processes that build that up. And then from there, you take that and you think about your systems and you get make a system map. Okay, where are these processes in relation to the systems that I'm using? My marketing automation platform like Marketo or HubSpot, my CRM, my, if I'm using a CS tool, like Gainsight, or do I need to build it and how, and how does that impact the other teams, right? So getting started is, it seems like it's this daunting thing, but it's really it's simple. You yeah. just have to, you just have to put it to paper. It sounds like almost, you know, whether or not you get into the, the details of the journey itself, if you can put the life cycle stages, mm-hmm. do almost like, it sounds like an internal audit of the processes and support, but you're organizing them against the customer life cycle. But do that internal process mapping against those stages and then put the technology map in and against those I imagine it almost looks like layers, like the journey it is, stage. It is like a layer, yes. Process, the technology, yep. love it. Do you also include metrics against those stages? You know, I haven't historically. Uh, that's not a bad idea to put. You add another row and call it KPIs and think about what sorts of things you're, like, because if you think about it, MQLs, right, is this a, is a metric that can drop in. Um, you can drop in CSAT, NPS, you can drop in time to resolution, you can drop in days to onboard. I think actually that's probably a good idea to think about those metrics that are important at those stages because we can understand how that ties into the revenue overall oh, and where you have opportunities to accelerate it. Yeah, those leading indicators that the process is trying to deliver against. You know the process is doing well if you get a great CSAT or your MQLs yes. are going up. You don't need a lot of them, right? I mean, that's that's the beauty no, of this. No, I it think so, yeah. sounds like once you get this in place, it it's not as complex as it feels when you're like, we have to own the end-to-end journey. That's right. seems daunting. Right. It does, yeah. it does. And it, it does, there's like this, I want to say, lust for data these days. Data is important. But if you don't have that process first, what are you measuring? You don't know what you're measuring. You don't know how you're measuring. You may set up something that you can't get what you need because you because the process wasn't taken into consideration. The stack was built. Then you're you're like when someone when your leader comes to you and says, "Hey, Asia, tell me what's going on in this process or in in this part of the business." I'm like, I literally can't tell you because we don't have that information because this process is designed in this way that we're not capturing it. So then you have to go and do this exercise of decoupling everything, deconstructing everything. That's why it's so important to have an operations professional in your organization from the ground up. So you're not bringing in someone to like deconstruct everything because that takes a long time. 
Well, I love the idea of building a playbook or a blueprint of your organization so you can then identify areas to improve, you know what's going on. And I just love that. I think that's brilliant. But what about ops getting into data or customer insights, understanding their needs, you know, their preferences or perceptions so you truly understand who you're designing for, unique to that brand? Is that something you think is also important in the ops process? I think it is. I think there's ways that revenue operations can support the operationalization. To support that process, I actually just was writing about feedback loops the other day, go to market feedback loops, and how you can use them uh, to drive changes, meaningful changes, and gather feedback from people you're serving. And that the benefit of feedback loops is you can use them internally because we have our internal customers, that's our teams. Then externally, so thinking about how do you gather that information from your users, both like maybe if you're used, if you have a SaaS product, you gather usage information. Are people logging in? How often are they logging in? Are they doing anything in the platform? Like what kinds of actions are they taking? And then also the like, sort of qualitative part is how are they feeling? How did they think about this process? How do they feel about the onboarding and implementation? putting those time as gathering it, putting it in a centralized location and saying, all right, now how do I escalate this to the proper teams? How do we give this feedback to the proper teams so that they can make product or service changes? Because revenue operations is not going to do that. That's going to be product team or your marketing team, sales team. But yes, again, like stewarding that whole process along, I see revenue operations as like, you know, like steering the ship we're particularly at Rev Genius is something I'm working on is is building out a feedback loop for the community and then also one for a new product because that's has dollars attached to it right so we need to make sure that we're getting feedback from those people on what's working and what's not and how we can make changes and yeah. scaling that I love that perspective that it's but it's important to know how to pull and build the reports based on understanding your objectives. What are you trying to achieve in service of this customer so that that closed loop goes back to improving it for them? And also your internal audiences too, because they're they're the other side of it executing. But yeah, Mm -hmm. I think you're spot on. It's so important to know those objectives. Yeah, those specific like win points, I guess, there's a word for it. I can't think of it at the moment, but uh, for your customer, so based on that, you you say, all right, a customer is like happy when they've uploaded some money into their account and they've logged in three times a week and then they've done this, right? So you've got those three things, three product metrics in your mind. And so then you can pull when you're monitoring your reports and building your dashboards, you can monitor this. So you're like, all right, on out, or out of the 1,000 customers that we have had, only three of them have logged in and you know that's a big red flag and you can say hey team look at this there's only three people who have logged in that's a big problem they're not using the product they're going to churn so to your point it's it's like you knowing what your for your business what your your KPIs are for the product is important so you understand like what your customers doing and are they gonna, are they having a good experience or not are they going to churn or not are they going to come back all really important things uh, that revenue operations also can help with on the data side. So when you get to that stage of the journey that's about use, 
you also then look at those product metrics. It's not just the engagement with the company itself, but also in the product. Yes, it is very important because if you think of a, of a tool like I'm going to use a gifting platform as an example, because that's something you have to log in, put in money, send stuff, receive stuff. If you think about what is a successful user in this sense, they have to log into the product. They have to be in there doing things with the product. Otherwise, you know, they're, they're not using it. So you think about engagement metrics along your, your funnel, like, are they opening emails? Are they attending events? Are they responsive to the, to you as an organization, but also are they actually using what they've signed up to use? Uh, And so depending on what your offering is and internally, you have to discuss this too. This is not something that revenue operations comes up with in a vacuum either. It's all right, you guys, you all, what are the actions that we think right now, at least because you can test, um, what are we going to set as baselines? It's that we want to see logins. We want to see funds uploaded and we want to see a minimum of one thing that has been sent to a customer if we're talking about the gifting example, the gifting platform example. And then we'll monitor that and see how it goes and make adjustments because maybe it's that one, they send one thing and that's actually not, they still have churned. So product usage is important, especially if that is what you sell. A great mindset, thinking about revenue more broadly than just new acquisition is really, you know, revenue does come from our customers. So why wouldn't a RevOps think holistically prospect to customer, building that out and in the engagement with the product. And again, now in the case of a software as a product, it's super critical. Yeah, we have had this discussion a few times internally too around our our recurring, because it's a subscription, right? So it's a recurring revenue stream. And I'm like, all right, you guys, what are we, how are we thinking about our onboarding of these people? How are we thinking about support and how will they request support from us. What are, what are our SLAs going to be? How do we escalate since we have a small team? Are we going to employ something like a chat where they have access to us so often since we have a small team? Or do we say we need to just give them a ticket, a form so they can submit the form? Who's going to follow up with the form? These kinds of things. And typically people on the, on the sales side of things want to just go, go, go. And it's very exciting to bring on all of the new people. I get that totally. And I'm like, we have to think about their experience once they get in the door so that they don't churn. Because if they leave, we don't get that revenue back, right? And then they'll go tell other people like, eh, that wasn't great. That wasn't a great experience. Don't buy that. Don't sign up for that. So it's uh, you can get stuck into this um, negative feedback feedback loop or a, a, a bad cycle. If you don't think forward to forward thinking on your customer success, your post-sale side of things, whether that's in a product or a service, because anytime you have recurring revenue, you have to think about those people. What are they doing? How do we get them to stay and come back? Is what Whatever they're doing is it's sticky. No, I agree. I think it's super important in, in the SaaS world, but I think a lot of these principles do apply everywhere. No, because it's much easier to keep a customer and have them grow and buy more than it is to acquire. We all know that. We know that yes. great experience is really considered the key differentiator. And that is the holistic experience. And I love how you even touch on advocacy, because that's so huge as well. Yeah, you know, Have I mean, a great experience and tell their friends. 
Yep, exactly. I was, I think we were talking about this example a couple days ago, but I don't even use lean data anymore. And I talk about lean data all the time, all the time, because not only do I had like the best experience ever, I still remember the implementation manager's name who worked with us like five years ago when I first used it, maybe more now, you know, I fought to bring it to another company that I, I worked on. I mean, really fought. I was like, this is the tool. Here's my whole business justification for it. But I know that it's going to support this process. And, um, and then whenever someone else asks, I'm like, this is the tool. Not only is the tool good, the company culture is really good. I think that's important that sometimes people may not think top of mind, but you can kind of feel and, you know, that's part of the brand of the company, but also that's important. It's like, how do they, how do I experience lean data outside of using it as a product? So yeah, appreciate that. I mean, my team will appreciate you hearing this. They have an unbelievable product, which is fantastic, but totally agree. You you, know, you can buy a product for rational reasons, but if you don't feel emotionally supported by the teams, you have to have all of it holistically. I totally agree. Do we miss anything that we should share about operationalizing the experience? No, I just wanted to give one example because uh, we talked about it the other day, and I think that it's uh, something that the revenue operations in tech, people who are in revenue operations in tech can learn from more or or we should bring more to the industry. And that is like lean ideas, lean, lean methodologies, lean, like lean Six Sigma. And something that I am like actively figuring, learning, and I want to bring to my discipline as well. But my husband used to work for Kaiser in the emergency department. He was an operations manager. And the way that they think about processes and process improvement is they get everybody in a room and they map the entire process out all around the room and like big uh, whiteboards and sheets. And they go through each step of the process. They have everyone give their input. They time it. They're like, okay, from the moment a person walks into the ER to the moment they're either discharged or admitted, what is that process? Where are all the people? Where are the nurses? Where is the triage? Where are the doctors? What is the patient experience during this whole time? right? How quickly does a room get turned over once that person leaves? So that the cycle can start all over again. And it's not that we need to go into rooms with every single person in the go-to-market team and say, all right, we're not leaving this room until we document this whole process, figure out where we can make the improvements. It's that bringing that sort of mindset, thinking about the process holistically, thinking about where they may, where there may be gaps. You got to map it out. You have to map it out to see it. But there's a lot of really cool stuff in the lean Six Sigma world and the supply chain world and operations professionals do there that I think would help us in the tech industry. Oh, so that, that was the other thing. <laughs> 100%, right? No, you're spot on. I mean, supply chain is a well machine. Bringing that to sales and marketing in CS, absolutely. That's, that's brilliant. I love the mapping out the employee and customer experience combination. Like you've got the patient experience, but how did how did the doctors, nurses, or employees support that experience? That's amazing to apply that uh, to the operations world. I love it. So I have two final questions for you. What advice would you give to someone who's just about to start their first ops role? 
Yeah. So I would say uh, the thing that helped me the most was taking a couple of project management courses because along with this process management, the project management is so critical to your job because you're supporting multiple teams. There are little priorities that come, little things that come up like, hey, I need a new field in this system. And then there are also longer term initiatives, like maybe we need to implement an entire marketing automation platform. Maybe we need to do an integration overhaul between all of our systems. Maybe we need to build out a new support process, right? So being able to capture requirements from teams, keep manage cross-functional stakeholder communication, put together a project roadmap, be able to break the project down into steps was critical. So key. It's so, 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 so important. You can, there's so many, like there's Trailhead, there's HubSpot Knowledge Hub, there, there are those articles and those resources. But one thing that they don't touch on is that project management piece. So definitely, and there's free stuff out there. I would just like Google and I would find YouTube videos and I would watch those. If you are lucky and you have access to somebody, I would ask them if they would you know, teach you a thing or two. And then, uh, yeah, I would, I would say the second piece is just to, to start thinking about when you get into re- revenue operations, see a lot of people coming from sales and a lot of people coming in from the SDR world, start to think and frame how you're going to approach their work. And that is holistic from top of funnel all the way through post sale. Um, that's so important. If you if you came from one functional area and that is where you've kind of been living, you've got to branch out and start learning those other those other areas. And you can do it. I think people can do it. That's also key. So you don't get stuck and focus. And that's that's just a thread I've seen is that a lot of revenue operations people are getting hired today come from sales backgrounds. And that's another reason marketing ops is worried, right? It's like, well, what if they're not considering the full picture. That makes a lot of sense. If you are going to orchestrate having the project management skills is is super key because you ha- you're not going to be the expert everywhere, but you can facilitate exactly. pulling it together and finding those experts, then then you can get that job done and, and be that steward. So that, that all makes sense. And one final question, who in the world of yes. operations would you like to take to lunch? Oh my gosh, this is going to be really, I swear this is like I've been thinking about this before this podcast, but the CEO of Lean Data, because, because, because he is like the pioneer of revenue operations before it was a thing. Like I was watching something, maybe it was a keynote, maybe it was a fireside chat. And he was talking about how he came from like this operations background. And I was like, oh, this is what the world, this is what the the B2B SaaS revenue operations world needs is that sort of thought leadership. And so he's one of the people I'm connected with a couple of people in the RevOps uh, world, like um, Jeff Ignacio and Rosalind, who I would also love to take to lunch. I do talk to them though. So it's like, I look up to Evan Lang so much. So. All right. Well, I'll have to see what I can do. I might be able to pull some strings. Really? That would be awesome. <laughs> no, seriously. Seriously. Yeah, I think that is the one. I'm trying to think of anybody else. Well, thank you, Asia. I appreciate you sharing with us. I love the RevOps professionals managing that customer journey from pre to post-sale. You've even talked about yes. support, really thinking holistically about 
revenue generation and that it is a system. Start that internal audit, identify those processes, map it against the journey, then start building those KPIs in service of what you're trying to do. That breaks it down and makes it very actionable for folks. Uh, and also weaving in so the lean lean approach, stealing Absolutely. from other areas who are ready yes. to kick ass in process. But <laughs> exactly. process, process, process is key. Being a mm-hmm. PM to manage the process or having those skills is key if you want to yep. play a role where you're going across the organization. So, exactly. Brilliant. So thank you so much. This was great. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Happy to have been here and and share some things for the world of revenue operations. All right, thank you. The Upstars podcast is brought to you by Lean Data. To find out more about us and our suite of Salesforce native products for marketing, sales, and revenue operations, head to leandata.com. And then make sure to search for Upstars in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, or anywhere else podcasts are found. Make sure to click subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at Opstars and Lean Data, thanks for listening.